The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Well, good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome, and it's good to see you all. My name is Hongo. I'm a senior student here at the Village Zendo. And like everyone says, and I'm going to say it, it is really great to see you. And I really mean it. What can I tell you? <laughs> um, right now, here in New York, we are coming up into summer. And you wouldn't think of it today, but because it's kind of cool out. But um, the uh, spring flowers have wilted and fallen to the ground. And the seeds have been scattered and are bursting into new life. As I walk through the neighborhood, I see maple trees uh, popping up all over the place. And if they were left alone, it would be the start of a small grove right here in front of someone's front yard. That would be kind of cool. I don't know. I could use a grove of uh, maple trees. On Sunday, my wife and I uh, went on our daily walk going on our usual route that goes through a private community that we live next to. It's really beautiful. It's well taken care of. They have all kinds of flowers coming up. It's like going into a park. It's really quite a treat. Uh, We're lucky to live in this neighborhood. Anyway, it's a beautiful place to, uh, to walk. There are oak trees and cherry trees lining the street. And as usual, We were chatting and just talking about this and that and the other thing, uh, which which we always do. We were caught up in a a discussion about, again, who knows what. Um, I half noticed a man standing in a driveway, and as we walked by, he said, good morning. And I was surprised and immediately, because that just doesn't happen a whole lot, and immediately it brought me right back to the present moment, and I felt really a great sense of relief and happiness. And it was just so so simple, just a a greeting from some way. And I said, good morning. It really actually made my day. Uh, Last week, we went to the Metropolitan Museum. Uh, We um, haven't been there uh, or even much outside of our little area in in, uh, Queens here for since COVID really. And um, uh, so we both still feel uncomfortable taking the subway, but we both find the Met to be a refuge. And it's a space that we feel peace and quiet and beauty. And we always come away feeling really refreshed and ready to take on another day. Right now there's a a really a great show going on. I, uh, by uh, it's a of paintings by a, a painter by the name of Winslow Homer. It's called Cross Currents. I've always admired his uh, his work, but to see so much of it in chronological order was really really amazing and interesting. Uh, it really spans quite an amazing lifetime. He painted with deep understanding of life and death. He was an American painter. He was largely self-taught. He 
He painted during the Civil War and into the early 1900s, an era of upheaval. Not much different than our own. Homo was fundamentally changed by the experience of the Civil War, and he carried the after effects throughout his uh, career. And uh, especially, yeah, you just see it everywhere. It's uh, his sense of, uh, of life and uh, how connected things are. It's, again, I really like his work. What stood out to me uh, in his, uh, about his work was his awareness of the inseparable from nature and life and death we are. In one painting called The Gale, a woman is um, bracing herself along the beach um, while a gale is raging, carrying a, a small frightened child on her back with uh, cr waves crashing on the rocks. It's a depiction of the heroic strength of uh, women against the elements. The way the painting was composed and painted, I felt as though the gale, the woman, and the child were one and inseparable. And in the very moment, he is able to give us a look at uh, what moved him at a specific time and place. In another painting, The Bather, a young man is in the warm, calm waters of the Bahama. Um, even though there are clouds in the sky, you get a sense of the hot sun and the joy of the moment and the movement. The exact opposite of the gale. Have you ever been in weather where you felt a part of the weather? fought an umbrella in the storm and then gave up and let the rain just pour down on you. And actually it's quite wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to feel. Or as I, when I was doing construction work, I often worked without a shirt on and uh, felt that hot sun beating down on my back. And me and the sun were pretty much one thing. Years ago, before coming out to New York, I lived in Ventura, which is on the coast of Southern, uh, Southern California, south of uh, um, Santa Barbara. One year, uh, there was a, a storm that was going to hit the area, and I heard about the approach on the news. I love the ocean, and just it was the beginning. It wasn't hadn't really started fully, and so I decided to go down and... Uh, to the uh, walk that uh, runs north and south along the beach. It was raining and waves were breaking on the jetty and it was really, the uh, weather was really starting to pick up. I just started to walk out onto the uh, jetty to feel the force of it all. It was awesome, exhilarating, beautiful, and a bit, a bit frightening. I stood out there and got drenched, not teaching, taking any heed of the danger, I I could have gotten washed out out to sea with the right uh, wave coming in. The next day, I uh, went back down and I saw that the storm had eroded the, the sand ten feet down. So the walk was ten feet above the sand that had been level with it the night before. It was really quite a storm. And with that, I could relate to the uh, painting of the woman in the gale. I also felt part of the storm, and I felt part of uh, I felt the danger that 
she may have felt. I would often go to Palos Verdes Peninsula where the cliffs had formed, where the ocean had eroded the land for thousands of years, just to sit and watch the waves break on the uh, rocks below. I could, I could see that in the distance one of the Channel Islands that had once been part of the coast, and that's about 12 miles off, so that was a lot of erosion over thousands of years. And I was uh, struck, by, uh, struck by the power of nature that can be magnificent and unrelenting. I see how easy it is to miss all, all of this when I read the koan Chan Ling's Coming from the West in the Blue Cliff Record, Case 17. A monk asked Chen Ling, what's the meaning of the patriarch coming from the West? Chen Lin said, sitting for a long time becomes toilsome. I found that quite intriguing. Chen Ling's answer is direct. Sitting for a long time, no doubt, is uncomfortable for everyone. We sit up straight, our knees, our hips may ache over a while, uh, after a while. Everyone knows it, but do we really realize it? Do we really realize that? I know I feel it in myself, but I, do I really realize it in you? And also, this can be a caution. Uh, it, the caution is sitting, just sitting, and not experiencing our lives just can be a, a distraction. It can be a distraction and we miss very often what's going on because of the things that are, um, what that I'm caught up with in my mind, the words, the phrases, and I become blind to what is going on all around me. There is no end to the, of the distractions we all encounter. I personally get caught up in playing solitaire. I love to play solitaire, but I also play solitaire and I watch the news just because I, uh, just to, not just to be informed or to enjoy it, but to um, be distracted from what's going on in the world or what's going on around me. And I miss so much just goofing off doing those things. And they're only a, a fraction of the things that I, I encounter that I can distract myself with. Um, I can even do that with uh, doing zazen or uh, reading, uh, reading sutras or that type of thing, where I use it instead of for awakening, I use it to, as a means of separating myself, as not a, a way of not encountering things because, oh, I'm too busy to go out. I'm doing something important. And it's really, and it's easy to get lost in, um, and not see that my formal study and living uh, everyday life uh, can get lost. One and one or the other one becomes uh, predominant. And it's really something. Everything is right here. Can we see it? Do we see what's right in front of our faces? 
how, how do we see the beauty of nature and life like Winslow Homer did? There is a verse that goes with this koan. One, two, a thousand, ten thousand. Slip off the blinders. Unload the saddlebags. Turning to the left, turning to the right, following up behind. Tuhu had, a, had to hit iron grindstone Lu. Everyone has blinders on and saddlebags full of pre, uh, preconceptions and ideas. There is, no, there is so much beauty and tragedy in the world that we come in contact with, but do, we, do you or I really realize it? Or do we try to find a way to separate from it? I'm certainly not without my baggage. More often than not, I, I have uh, blinders on and my saddlebags are full to overflowing. My mind is full of yesterday and the future, right and wrong, and especially me, me, me. I miss the joy of being in the moment, experiencing just this. When I was at the exhibition, every picture was asking me to wake up and pay attention. Winslow Homer spoke to me from the past, to me right now, just as Shan Ling does, not in words, but in pictures, that as he explained to a friend, you must not paint everything you see. You must wait and wait patiently until the exceptional, the wonderful effect or aspect comes. Then, if you have sense enough to see it, well, that's all there is to that. I really like that. His paintings are about magnificent moments, injustice or peril, or the elements of, uh, of nature. All are part of being alive, experiences that have moved him and he shares with us the breaking of the waves on the rocks, rescues at sea, effects of the Civil War. The compositions often deal with people in nature, but not as adversaries, but as being part of each other. As we often do while, uh, while visiting the Met, uh, Linda and I went uh, to another gallery uh, one that had paintings that were done about the same period, but done in Europe. By the, by the way the paintings were composed, one of the paintings was composed, it looked like the people in the picture were not involved, but were just stuck into the landscape. There were people, and there was landscape, but there was no connection, no relationship. And apparently the painter missed that, wasn't really aware of it, wasn't waiting for that moment. He just had an idea and he stuck things together. When I walk down the street, I see people who have their heads buried in phones, so absorbed in their texting that they have little idea of what's going on around them. At times I have to dodge them. I see babies and small children in strollers with devices that, have, that they're glued to, unaware, not wanting to explore, or even look at the sky, at least as far as I can tell. They are so young, and yet they are already given blinders to block out the natural beauty around them. I worry about how this will play into their lives in the future. 
Tinhei said, turning to the left, turning to the right, following up behind, people who spin around on words and phrases get nowhere, or spun around by things. Here is a quote that I uh, read while reading uh, 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 Echo Dharma by uh, David Loy. And the quote is uh, by John Sherrill, I believe, S-E-A-R-L-E. -E. I'm not sure exactly how to uh, pronounce that, but anyway. Um, when we experience the world, we experience it through the linguistic categories that help us to shape the experiences themselves. The world doesn't come to us already sliced up into objects and experiences. What counts as objects is already a function of our system of representation, in other words, language. And how we experience the world is influenced by the system of representation. After I read this, I started to notice that when I walked into a room, or other places actually, um, to my surprise, at the moment, I walked in, things were familiar. I may not have seen, been in that room before, but there wasn't an unfamiliarity with what was there, uh, not specifically. Um, it was already recognized as something in particular. I wonder if there's any time that I just experienced anything without being, uh, being uh, that without it being identified. Uh, I really do. Um, if I do, it is so fleeting that I don't think I really have ever noticed it. Even sitting on those cliffs, I was seeing the sea. I you know, it was still me and the sea. It wasn't, uh, um, um, I was, you know, it, there was still that identification. We go through our lives blocked and unaware of the moments we are in right now. The, mo the moment is so special and gone in the blink of an eye. We just keep separating. S sitting for a long time is toilsome. The sky is overhead and the birds are singing. There is tragedy and comedy. We really are not separate from it all. It's not possible, as I see it, to live without... Uh, as human beings and stay in the present moment all the time. We need to plan for the future. We need to plant crops. We need to raise our children. And our approach to our environment needs to be changed for sure. With any luck, we look to the past. And I hope we learn from it and bring it into the present. Right now, with all the things that are going on in the world, to stay in balance is difficult, and the Zen practice helps all of us to be aware of when we're slipping one way or the other. Tsuhu had, a, had to hit Iron Grindstone Lu. We all read, oh, sorry. We all need a reminder at times, something that will jog us out of whatever is distracting us and bring us back to the present. For me, it was seeing Homer's paintings and this koan. But how does that fit together in my life, in your life? With COVID and social distancing over these last few years, I have really been reluctant to go out to experience the outside world. 
I am more, I've almost become a recluse. And I'm wary. When I go out, I am also numb to almost everything except what I see as negative. I find it difficult to stay in balance and remember that we are all in this together and not to be blind, not to separate. Just this, this very moment. It is so simple and yet so difficult. We're all in this together. Yes, we can agree that setting is toilsome and realizing our joys and sorrows, successes and failures that everyone is going through are similar, similar things can bring about deep sense of compassion. Because it does. With my, when I start realizing that we're all sitting here going, wow, my legs are uncomfortable. I, it really, I can feel it. I can feel it right here. And um, without that, without the teaching, I would miss that. I really would. Um, I know that in the past I was not, not so uh, attuned to what was actually going on, except with just within me, not everybody together. So I'm going to leave you with a short quote by Evelyn Underwood, a, an uh, English Catholic writer and pacifist known for her numerous works on religion and spiritual practice. She, quote, she says, for lack of attention, a th thousand forms of loveliness elude us every day. Thank you. <laughs>